3: fill the world with art and music. They push the bounds of science and discovery. And they forever remind us of what we should never, ever forget. The people dreamed this country. The people built this country. And it's the people who are making America great
0: again. There you go. Hooray! Fine. It's all fine. It's just not that big a deal. So I'm sorry. I can't get all that excited. Stay the union address. I don't think it means that much. So You know it's there funny. It's it. it exists I think mostly as a
4: conversation piece. The people in DC talk about it for days before and days after. There's right. analysis there are probably a dozen articles on it in the Washington Post, for instance. Sure. Today. Uh, fact checks and disputes and counter, you know, editorials and the rest of it. it. I don't know. It's good for us to talk about the country, I
0: guess. Uh, we'll, it's not we'll, always so productive. We'll talk with the TV critic coming up uh, in about ten minutes or so about the uh, the show last night. It is a TV show, I guess.
4: Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't know. He's a he's a clever guy and a smart guy. Writes for the New York Times, so we'll uh, we'll call him on being part of the Eastern media elite, and and, and let him know immediately that we we eye him with suspicion, mistrust, and dislike. Mm. So uh, Devlin Barrett and Karen Demergian are a couple of people who have both been on this show many times from the Washington Post, speaking the hated Eastern media elite. And they are writing in the WAPO this morning about something unrelated to the president's address. The headline is Internal Justice Department Probe Eyes McCabe's Role in the Final Weeks of the 2016 Election. The Justice Department's Inspector General has been focused for months behind the scenes, apparently, on why Andrew McCabe... He was the guy who just quit slash was fired as the number two guy at the FBI. Uh, they're probing why. He appeared not to act for about three weeks on a request to examine a bunch of Hillary Clinton related emails found in the latter stages of the 2016 election campaign, according to people familiar with the matter. Blah, blah, blah. The inspector general has been asking witnesses why FBI leadership seemed unwilling to move forward on the examination of emails found on the laptop of Anthony Weiner. Until late October, about three weeks after first being alerted to the issue. Key question is whether McCabe or anyone else at the FBI wanted to avoid taking action on the laptop finding until after the election. Um, yeah. Hmm. I saw intentionally this. dragging their feet for political reasons.
0: I saw this story break last night. Does the Washington Post give any you know possible uh, um, explanation that's not trying to help Hillary Clinton? You know
4: i will I will tell you this. the one that I've kept in mind, even as Comey made it more and more difficult to defend him, was that if the uh, no matter what they did in the the few weeks right before the election, it would be viewed as political, wildly political sure. and I could see I'm, I'm not saying this is true because unlike virtually all of you, I don't take a shred of evidence and announce certainty, but I can certainly see. Them being so paranoid about, all right, if if we say we got new emails, we're going to be the tools of the Republicans. If we don't say we have new emails, we're going to be the tools of the Democrats. How about we just wait and we'll examine it later? We'll let the people, I don't know. It's just, everybody's so whipped up and paranoid. It's possible they were paralyzed into inaction. action. On the other hand, there's every indication that McCabe is, uh, you know, more a Hillary fan than a Trump fan. But, yeah. I don't know. But
0: this is being investigated.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, key parts of what into the went into the decision have remained murky and are a major focus of the Inspector General's probe. How exactly do you probe that? Why'd you delay? I was busy. You're too busy to announce those? Yeah, I was really, really busy. Are we covered for Clinton? No. <laughs> right. I mean, what, what happens after that? Right. Did he say anything to you? I don't think he did. I guess you just interview a bunch of people and try to build the case that oh yeah yeah he was deep in with the Clintons and he may have been I don't know but I just don't know I don't know how you reach a conclusion on that but if uh, if the inspector general is near some sort of conclusion and uh, the DOJ knows it that could be why the guy was shoved out of his job just a few months short of retirement right Mm -hmm. a few months blink your eyes, it's going to be, you know, May, right? Why do you heave them out?
0: There's something happening. Interesting. So yeah. uh, another wrinkle in that story. Again, we're going to talk to a TV critic about the so-too from last night in a few minutes. Did you hear that Cape Town... Uh, a city we've broadcast from, the Armstrong and Getty Show, once broadcast from Cape Town, South Africa, from an entire week. And yes. scintillating was the word that was most often used. Some of the worst radio in the history <laughs> of broadcasting. were some of the other very commonly used words. <laughs> I will never forget that. It was a great trip. I'm glad I got to do it. It was, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Right. Um for me personally the only losers were the listening audience <laughs>
4: exactly well and the fact that we almost got beat up or stabbed or killed or something at one point but it's a dangerous town it yeah you got to be careful where you go and when you go but it's like any big city it's well it's, it's not a, like any big city. it's a lot more dangerous than most big cities yeah so but uh, yeah well the deal was listen we'll fly all down to cape town south africa you get to see south africa visit see all the states blah, blah, blah. and listen we'll we'll give you some guests uh
0: during the week
4: that you're kind of ab- obligated to talk to.
0: Since we're paying for this really right. expensive trip, you right. have to interview the caterer here at the hotel.
4: Well, see, they hadn't explained oh, exactly yeah. who we'd be talking to. So literally, we ought to dig up some of the tapes of that. Or if some of y'all are incredible archivists of the show, send them to us. But That was awful. But uh, we were thinking, okay, we'll talk to like a safari operator. Tell us about preserving elephants or something. That great. <laughs> but no, so, no, instead, we're sitting there and we got to interview the catering director at the hotel. So, um, how do you know how many meals to prepare? <laughs> well, the people they have to it RSVP. It was oh, it
0: was awful. So they booked for forty, sixty. Show up, then what? <laughs> God dang it! It was awful. Yeah. Anyway, although that's right, didn't we
4: we we cooked up a code phrase? Yeah, was it we fascinating did. or. There was a word we came up with, and we told the audience, look, they're making us do this stuff. We know it's terrible. <laughs> Every time we use the word fascinating, that will be us telling you, yes, we know how horrible this is. <laughs> and so we would do that during interviews. <laughs> so sometimes you put out even fancier China. Fascinating.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a tough situation. We couldn't do that now. We're on too many stations. and yeah, That was earlier in our career. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun trip. It anyway, the, fun. Re- the reason I bring it up is Cape Town is close to day 0 on having water for uh their citizens there in the city. They've run completely out of water. They got wow. like 2 days of water left. They're right next to the ocean. The, well, you can't drink ocean The irony. Water, no, Why not? Don't know if you've ever tried to do that. Huh. The South African government cautions that the day 0 threat will surpass anything a major city in the world has faced since World War II or September 11th. Wow, that's what they're. That's where they're putting it. Is a crisis. That's rough. Well, you know, I don't know how big. Uh, I don't know how big uh, Cape Town is. I don't remember how many people live there. I'm sure I knew at the time when we had their visitor bureau person on. But figuring um, out a an effective, efficient way for water desalination is going to be such a huge game changer. Whenever
4: oh that yeah. happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's like the thing for humanity.
0: But they're almost completely out of water. Wow. For millions of people, yeah, corrupt and government. What are you going to do? Yeah, because you're going to get thirsty fast. Like that day, It's a problem. Run down to the store, buy jugs of water, and take little sips. I guess. Well, that'll go. That'll be gone fast. Yeah, go down to the store, buy some jugs, and take little sips. Uh, it's yeah. So it's D Y O U, baby. It's one of the drink big, your own urine. One of the biggest crises of any major city since World War II. Sorry to hear that. That is amazing. So the world will keep its eye on that and probably ignore it. Watch your lovely scenery there. Watch you get all really thirsty. Oh, yeah, the weather, the views, just freaking fantastic. You're in constant danger of getting your head caved in if you're not careful. If they could ever get their government un- under control, it'd be one of the great tour spots on the planet. Yeah. Which was their point at the time. Yeah. Um, we ended up running for our lives. <laughs> A little more about the President's State of the Union address coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: This is Armstrong
3: and
4: Getty. The Voice of the West.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. traveled thousands of miles on crutches all across China and Southeast Asia to freedom. Most of his family followed. His father was caught trying to escape and was tortured to death. Today he lives in Seoul where he rescues other defectors and broadcasts into North Korea what the regime fears most the truth. Today he has a new leg, but Sung Ho, I understand you still keep those old crutches as a reminder of how far you've come. Your great sacrifice is an inspiration to us all. Please, thank you.
0: Then he holds the crutches up in the air and there was not a dry eye in the house. Mm-hmm. How how would there be? And that's rough that, stuff. That was a heck of a good TV moment right there. Yeah, yeah. North Korean defector, this crutch above his head. Freedom! Now well, speaking of the TV
4: show that is the State of the Union, please welcome James Ponowozak. He's the New York Times chief TV critic. Uh, James, how are you, sir?
5: Uh, I'm very good, thank
4: you. Excellent. So, listen, putting the politics of it aside, it is unquestionably one of the big American TV specials every year, the State of the Union Address. What did you think of
5: it last night? Um, You know, I thought that one interesting thing that you see with State of the Union Addresses generally is that it's it's supposed to be an opportunity for the president to sort of uh, retake, reset the agenda, especially politically and legislatively, right? They have, like, certain programs they want to put through Congress. Sure. Uh, Ideas they want to sell the American people on, et cetera, et cetera. This one seemed more about at least attempting to reset the agenda on uh, Donald Trump's personality and character, Uh, you know, so so that it was, you know, a departure in tone and even more so just volume uh, from the guy you heard at the campaign rallies or that you – you know, here constantly on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Even the stuff that they were leaking yesterday, you know how you always get like leaks from the White House, you know, during the day about, you know, propose such and such, you know, tax program or, or whatever. It was more about, oh, it's going to be, you know, a call for unity, a call mm-hmm. for bipartisanship. You know, it, 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 was, it was more about sort of, you know, aiming to, re, at least in a way, relaunch the person.
4: Well, you know, and depending who you ask, people either say it failed miserably on that point or it was wonderfully successful, but I think we could all use a reset politically. Things are a little feverish, but uh, back to the, the TV aspect of it, is there any way, and we're big First Amendment advocates, is there any way we can ban the applause breaks? Uh Shorten the thing by, like, two-thirds, <laughs> or, please. Or
5: I think I was the... It would have been about 40 minutes instead of 80. Exactly. Or, or I, think
3: the,
0: I, I think the first network that comes along and says, I, we will rerun the State of the Union address, editing out the applause immediately when it's over would get the highest ratings.
5: But, you know, just as, as a political tool, and, you know, getting to the, the TV aspect of it, and God knows, you know, this is not just Donald Trump, but, you know, any, any president who has basically used this in the TV era, it's it's basically weaponized applause, right? Uh-huh. Because you're very conscious of how it's going to look on TV, to have people applauding um, or pointedly not applauding for certain things, right? So there's always the theater of you know the the you know camera capturing standing ovations in one part of the hall as opposed to you know this year it was Democrats sitting solemnly with their 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 arms crossed, uh, you know, and and so. You know, sort of rhetorically and strategically, as, as a president, what you want to try to do is create the vis- visual of, oh, here I am, the reasonable person or the successful president or whatever, proposing things that you like, and these killjoys are like sitting there and and uh, so you know I, I don't think I don't, I don't think we will we will ever be free of the be applause because it serves you know such such a purpose
4: how about we just uh, have Donald each side Donald uh,
5: Trump will never discourage applause for
4: himself. well yeah he seems to be fond of it and, and getting laughs yeah uh, how about both sides instead of the applause they just hold up emojis maybe it's the thumbs up the big smile maybe it's the puke emoji or the occasional poo
0: poo or something like that and we just keep the damn thing moving hey do we have any ratings it's
4: info
5: yet like that- or it could be like gymnastics you know right just sure exactly exactly yeah, and
0: silent uh do we have any ratings info when will that come out
5: uh, no, that tends to come out the middle of the day, and it usually comes out in waves. You get broadcast first, and then and then cable comes in, and then I think you know PBS, etc. trickles in. I, to my recollection, by like mid afternoon, I think. Right. It but
0: it's still one of the most watched shows of the year in television, as everybody's ratings are dwindling. The NFL, the Grammys, and everything else—they still get pretty good ratings for this, don't they?
5: Yeah, I mean, it has declined over time. It's one of the bigger political events. I think it's. I think it tends not to be as big as the Oscars, certainly not as big as the Super Bowl, and not as big as stuff like the, the debates during a presidential election. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of political speeches, uh, you know, yeah, sure, it tends to be a more self-selecting audience. You know, it was more Democrats when Obama was giving them, and it will likely be more Republicans this time. Uh, but, you know, it's it's big in, as you say, the very drunken TV audience of today.
4: Mm. James Ponowazek is the New York Times chief TV critic. So which will be the more enduring debacle, Marco Rubio's thirst or Joe Kennedy's apparent drool, which turns out was chapstick <laughs> in the response?
5: It was, yeah, I, I heard it was some type of, of uh, lip balm. I don't know. I guess those. Fall River winters are especially harsh. Sure. And, uh, you know, I don't I, know. I, I, you know, I tend to go with the Rubio thing simply because that was an action. I have a hard time imagining a future candidate, you know, in a debate pulling out a tube of chapstick and kind of slathering it on on, on their upper lip.
4: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Every time I picture Rubio, the look he gives the camera of like terror or hesitation as he reaches. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the the political headline this morning was was that drool coming out of Joe Kennedy's
0: mouth, which is not a good look. I hope Trump
4: gets it's the opportunity
5: No, weekend. I hope Trump gets
0: the opportunity to call him moist lips Joe or something like that. Hey, by the way, since you're the TV critic and the Super Bowl came up, is this going to be the first year the NFL takes a huge hit on the Super Bowl in terms of ratings going the wrong direction?
5: I tend to doubt it uh, this is it's a bit you know this it's my um, it's my field as TV uh, it's it's not my field as sports and I think those uh, that, that to the extent that the Super Bowl fluctuate, it, it fluctuates it tends to be on um, the the interest in the teams that are playing and sort of like you know how national those franchises are. You know, my sense is that, you know, people are as interested in the patriots as 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 they always are. Right. Uh, So I'd I'd be surprised if it fluctuates a lot. I don't know if you're talking about, like, you know, uh, political ramifications from, you know, Trump's war with the NFL or just uh, uh, other factors. But um, it's it's been the one event that has kind of held steady or at least or even risen a little in this 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 fragmented time so it'll you know, be interesting I, I, to I see yeah that's going to change
4: a lot yeah yeah nothing lasts forever and the nfl's dominance might be well it might be momentary shakiness might be a, a trend but we'll see you know finally as long as we've got you online talking about tv uh what's yeah. a what are a tv show or two that a little under the radar we really should be watching because there are amazing amounts of great tv going on right now
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it depends how far uh, under the radar you want to go. But uh, uh, to plug a piece that I I wrote in today's New York Times, if anybody wants to uh, pick it up, or actually tomorrow's print New York Times. It's online now. uh, The Good Place on NBC, the fantastic comedy, doing well enough, but not enough people are watching it. (laughs) And uh, its second season finale airs tomorrow. I would strongly suggest a binge and catch up to anybody who is not We'll
0: have a link so yeah. people can read that easily. James, a real pleasure. Thanks a million.
5: Oh, sure. Thanks for having me.
0: Good to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy for that tip. And NBC, I know how to find a show on NBC. <laughs> um, what's coming up in your news, Marshall?
1: Well, how did Americans feel about Trump? So, too, we have the numbers behind the numbers. The latest version about the fake missile attack alert in Hawaii one airline is installing love suites on its planes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty.
0: All the big playoff games are down around 10%. I'll
1: be surprised if the Super
0: Bowl's not down.
4: you got a couple of big Northeastern teams, and you've got the NFL's leading,
0: leading man. We'll see. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So you got Joe Kennedy with the thing on his lip, right? right? He's was...
4: drooling from both sides of his mouth like, <laughs> him,
0: like some sort of moron. And I was thinking Trump comes up with a nickname for him. Something. Here's a suggestion from the text line. How about Joe Chappastitic Chapa or something like that? Joe Chappastitic. Yeah, Joe Chappastitic. Chapstitic. What do you think of that? Chappastitic. Since he had hmm. too much capstick on his lips. I think it just missed.
5: Really? Yeah, it's
4: close. It's close. Speaking of slobbering, what bitter old hag Nancy Pelosi... You know what? That was prejudicial. I apologize. That was very that, that, prejudicial. That was, that was divisive speech. I would say. That was divisive language. Really? What, what Nancy Pelosi told Democrats going into the so met with the caucus, gave them their marching orders, some of it was surprising. Some of it was really insulting to the president, among others. The behind-the-scenes cool. report coming up.
1: Uh, let's get the news now with Martian Phillips. Well, President Trump tried to set a more optimistic tone during his first uh, formal State of the Union, telling members of Congress that he would extend an open hand to work with members of both parties. Now, Trump called for bipartisan immigration reform, and he outlined a four-pillar plan that he had introduced earlier this month, which includes a pathway to citizenship, For nearly 2 million Dreamers.
3: Under our plan, those who meet education and work requirements and show good moral character will be able to become full citizens of the United States over a 12-year period. Now, Trump, this is...
4: I'm sorry, hang on. First of all, they're DACA recipients. They're not Dreamers, Marshall. The typical liberal media. This is a beautiful example of an issue being an issue that politicians love as opposed to a problem that can be solved. Trump is offering citizenship to triple the number that Obama was. This is way down the line of, of like welcoming and, and liberal, if you will, treatment of the DACA recipients. But the Democrats are going to have, they're desperately trying to come up with a way to posture that this is, no, it's bad, it's divisive. And even as they swear, we're with the dreamers, we'll fight with you till the end. I mean, some of the rhetoric is just over the top. It sounds like it's out of a romance novel. Even as they're saying that, they're going to have to leave them at the altar to oppose Trump with the other stuff he wants. So you're going to fight for them till the end, but you're going to screw them if you don't agree to this deal an interesting quandary.
1: Congress, you were saying. Congressman Joe Kennedy delivered one of the Democratic responses to the State of the Union. He told Dreamers, or DACA recipients, the children brought here illegally by their parents, that Democrats will fight for them. They are not going away. And to
2: all the Dreamers out there watching tonight, let me be absolutely clear. Ustedes son parte Oh, nuestra Vamos a luchar...
0: God, I don't I don't understand anybody who thinks that that's good becoming a multi-language country. Who thinks that has ever worked in societies across the uh, across history? It's very, very rare.'ve
1: got a new poll out that shows the majority of Americans approved of President Trump's State of the Union speech last night. Well, now let's take another look at this. The CBS News poll shows about three-quarters of Americans who tuned in, who watched the speech, thought he did a good job while a quarter disapproved. The poll also wow, found that... 75%. Poll also found 80% felt Trump was trying to unite the nation, and a third said they felt safer after listening to the president. But Wow, that is so, so in contrast to the nation's media. All the headlines this morning. But... There's a but to all this, as is often the case in State of the Union addresses, the people who watch the speech lean more towards the president's own party. Sure. At least compared to Americans on the whole. But that CBS News poll's getting a lot of attention right now. Interesting. All right, in other news, you got Hawaii state officials saying the now-fired emergency worker who sent a false missile alert earlier this month had mistakenly believed that past drills... For tsunami and fire warnings were also actual <laughs> events. So this person has like a mental illness, so or they're... is really stupid. <laughs> one a, of the two.
0: No, that we do this thing. It's called a drill where right. we pretend. Okay. Right. So we can like figure out if we would get ready for the okay. real thing. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna hit the siren. Okay. Right. This is a drill. Okay. <laughs> it's a tsunami! It's a tsunami! No! No!
1: No! <laughs> No, same as last time. This is just a drill. Okay, I got it. (laughs) Officials say the man's supervisors counseled him and kept him for a decade in a position. And every time they do a fire drill, tsunami drill, missile drill.
5: Fire!
0: No, no,
1: it's a fire drill. We do it every Friday at noon. What? (laughs) They kept him... They kept him on for a decade in a position that had to be renewed each year. Oh, oh,
0: my God. Only in government. That was one of my favorite moments last night when Trump talked about a firing whatever it was, 1,500 people from the yeah, VA. Yeah. And the Republicans cheers and the Democrats sat on their hands over the idea of firing incompetent people because you should never fire anybody
4: that's right. in the government. Apparently. That's how beholden
0: they are to the employee
4: unions, the government employees. You, should yeah. never you fi- can't applaud ending abuse of veterans?
0: So, hell? so this guy, who couldn't tell the difference <laughs> between a drill and the real thing
1: for a decade, kept his job. Yes. Maybe That's they, what's protecting us. Maybe they kept him around just because it was entertaining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, if you are hoping to join the Mile High Club in a very regal and legal way, your chance could be coming soon. Virgin Atlantic's new planes will have love suites. The airline is uh, going to have new planes that will feature three distinct suites in the upper class cabins named Freedom Corner and Love. Man, do you have to give them those names? The <laughs> Freedom. How about suite number one, number two, and number three? Son, <laughs> that's fine. The Freedom and Corner Suites are best suited for solo travelers, and the Love Suite is extra private and offers a particularly good view. But does, oh, yeah. Can you lay down and sleep? Or Yeah, oh yeah.
0: Man, if I could lay down on a plane and sleep, yeah, you can take me anywhere, I don't care.
1: take me when we get there. Virgin Atlantic also saying the Love Suite is designed for couples. Or groups. Oh,
0: look out. <laughs> i bet that's going to be expensive. That is, uh, that is yeah. inconsistent with the membership practices of getting into the Mile High Club. The fact that there is a predetermined area for right. you to play, that's yeah. that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to go against the rules. Be taboo. That's part of the thing. You... You, you, you're either adventurous or you're not, you people. you figure out how to do it in that
1: tiny bathroom. or ah, oh, gross. Geez. I don't even want to go to the bathroom in that <laughs> no. bathroom. Anyway, for those with the money and the adventurous spirit, the new flights will be taken to the skies beginning in March. That- Hold me closer, tiny bathroom. Mm. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West.
4: The Love Sweet, try not to think about the last couple in it. The Love Sweet, check the
0: sheets and make sure they're clean. I can't believe that guy. Multiple times over 10 years, thought the drills were real. And kept no Jim, his job. Jim, I don't know
4: how to explain this to you <laughs> any more thoroughly than the last time. We're not under missile attack. But we're going to go through it as if we are to practice. You got it? They're spending like... (laughs) (laughs) We've
0: sent you like 50 emails preparing for this. I'm not sure what else we can tell you, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like they were going to try to hide it and keep him around again. Has this guy got pictures of the governor with a donkey or something? What is going on, Hawaii? Check yourself. I'm certain that's probably what happened. Oh, boy. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This
3: is Armstrong and Getty.
4: The
0: Voice of the West. line, it's at 415-295-KFTC. Got a couple of texts on that uh, Hawaiian government employee who thought that we actually were under attack from North Korea. The funny part, of course, it turns out at various times he's thought there was actually a tsunami or a fire or whatever. <sighs> he doesn't understand drills. Over the course of a decade. And they kept him around. And they would have kept him around this time, too, I'm guessing, if the media pressure hadn't gotten so hot. Why? Anyway, we got a couple of texts on that. I'm willing to bet a supersized Happy Meal that this is not the only incompetent person in that department that needs to be fired. Yeah, I would say the boss or bosses over a decade who kept the guy right. should be fired. I bet that Hawaiian guy would be fun to play got your nose with. <laughs> got your nose. Oh, my God. How am
2: I going to breathe? Oh, my
0: How I... Oh, okay. <laughs> got your nose. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez, how was that guy in charge of anything? Wow,
2: that's sad. And he had the
0: ability to send out the alert to all the citizens of a state that were under attack and fear for your life. He was at that level of responsibility. He's got to be somebody's
4: brother or cousin or something. Wow. Protected by a union.
0: Uh, Whatever percentage it was of people said they feel safer after the State of the Union address, what head feels safer after the president's speech? Seriously. The whole, it's unsafe, it's an unsafe
4: place, an unsafe environment. I don't feel safe. Make me feel safe. I need a safe place. Wow.
0: Um, Slobberin' Joe. You got to spell it right. S-L-O-B-B-E-R-I-N apostrophe. Slobberin' Joe. Oh, yeah, that's the obvious. <laughs> it's got to be Slobberin' Joe. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So speaking of slobbering, or is there more? No. There is, but it's not good. Okay.
4: <laughs> is there more that's good? House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, behind closed doors, encouraged her caucus to behave during the president's so-to. She said, and I quote, according to multiple Democrats in the meeting, let the attention be on his slobbering self, Pelosi told the members about the president. If you want to walk out, don't come in. Now, one yuck-yuck uh, uh, walked out. Uh, Gutierrez, is that his name? Some Hispanic guy walked out. I saw that. I yeah. noticed that on the TV. Fine. great. Very dramatic. I'm sure your constituents will like that. Democratic leaders are hoping to avoid any kind of disruptive moments, a la Joe Wilson, Republican South Carolina, who yelled, You lie! in '09, at Barack Obama, as the president was lying about Obamacare
0: and whether illegal aliens would get uh, government money for health care. But um, but But, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to go with that standard.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. It'd be a constant shouting match, like it, English Parliament, yeah. which is very entertaining. <laughs> so I'm in favor of it. Any kind of similar interruption by Democrats would only refu- would only fuel the Republican base, she said, and distract from Democratic attempts to rebut the speech after the fact. She's right. Yeah, she's right about that, until old Drool and Joe stood up. <laughs> She added that expectations are so low for the unconventional Trump, he's likely to get good reviews from pundits for doing the bare minimum. And I quote, She's right about that, too. If his nose isn't running and he isn't burping, he did a great speech, Pelosi predicted, during the caucus meeting.
0: Yeah, I was watching MSNBC this morning, wondering if they were going to bring the hate, and they were all uh, in agreement that it was it was pretty dang good. And But, you know, followed with a big but, he'll text something, or but he believes this, or but he's done this in the past. But so, yeah, even a lot of his critics think it was pretty good yep for whatever that means the state of the union address i I continue to think it's not that important
4: yeah yeah i don't i don't know i kind of like it as a national coming together and conversation piece but it's too freaking long hour 20 is too long have you ever spoken i'm asking you know the folks i know the answer from you but have you ever spoken for half an hour you had to fill half an hour i have not that's a lot that's a lot that's a long time um now, granted, he gets interrupted for applause every six and a half words, which is
0: just too much. Well, it was 40 minutes. I do minutes. like the theater of it, but... It was 40 minutes without the applause. That's still too long a speech. Yeah, I agree. We don't need a 40-minute freaking speech.
4: No. No. I'd. You know what? This is crazy. I'd like the State of the Union speech to be a State of the Union speech. Because that's the idea. that We
0: the- produce nine billion pounds of wheat. Right. Exactly.
4: That's what I, well, I don't know that we need to get that micro, but
0: maybe you could we say... have 62 trillion acre feet of water in storage?
4: Right. That's up 20% or down 15% because of the lack of rain. Boo! Still
0: 50 states. We counted them again. My youngest son was booing and cheering. And so when Trump mentioned that uh, he did away with the Obamacare mandate... Yes. And some people were cheering. Yes. My son said, what does mandate mean? And Mom said, it looks like a rule... I hate rules. Boo! Right. <laughs> Young libertarian there.
4: <laughs> Boy, the whole the whole applauding or not applauding sitting on their hands and stuff. It's theater. It's so exciting. I, would I mean, cuz like the Congressional Black Caucus when the president announced that it was the lowest level of black unemployment like ever, um, they they just scowled angrily at him, which is just odd and weird
0: and disconcerting in political theater. But you know what? Three days from now, it's not going to matter at all. I would rather be uh, a congressman in the party out of power for the speech than I can sit with a perturbed look on my face for right. an hour and a half easy. Well, that's um, like a ring a bell oh, for you. No effort. The do standi- what you do best. The standing up and down a hundred times yeah. cheering and looking excited, that's hard for me to pull off in the best of circumstances. Yeah. Show up with a sign. I'm saving my applause for the end. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> but all right. If you want me to sit there with my arms crossed looking perturbed oh, all day.
4: Oh please. Roll your eye. Give me a eye roll. Give me a Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's disdainful right there. Huh? Speaking of disdainful, and yes, we know, stop sending us the article. A woman tried to board a United Airlines flight with her emotional support peacock.
0: Really? Yeah. Now was she trying to stick it to the man or make a point or does she actually have one?
4: It's difficult to say. It's difficult to say. Is she a crazy person was she trolling was she an activist like us to quit with the fake ones because some people really need them but at any rate a, a peacock's a gigantic bird beautiful plumage well <laughs> that's that goes without saying uh but yeah she uh united is also uh put out a statement because apparently they're afraid somebody's in favor of gigantic peacocks on planes We explained to this customer on three separate occasions before they arrived at the airport that this would not be permitted. The bird did not meet guidelines for a number of reasons, including its weight and size. Mm. I think United Airlines is so used to sucking. (laughs) And getting kicked for it. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. I hate those people. I know you do. I think they're just so used to it, they're preemptively, uh, 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 you know, arguing a case that need not be made. Everybody agrees with you. Nobody wants gigantic peacocks on the
0: plane. She, bought, fine. she bought the bird a seat. They still wouldn't let her put it in the seat. I. Uh, most of these stories you hear, I'm not particularly worried. I don't like a bunch of dogs on the plane. I'd rather not. I don't uh, want to walk around it and all that sort of stuff, but I'm not scared or anything like that. You get a giant wild bird on there. I'd be a little concerned sitting next to a giant wild bird. I think freaks out and claws your eyes out. How about a cheetah? That'd, That'd be, be exciting. Guy walks up the aisle
4: with a cheetah on a chain. At you.
0: So some people did wear purple ribbons last night to uh, highlight opioid abuse, and there are some stats out today on that that are pretty darn interesting. Plus, Super Bowl proposition bets.
4: Hilarious as always. I have the complete list. Some of them are just loopy. Fantastic. Makes me want to
0: gamble. One of my son's friends has a birthday party on Sunday during the Super Bowl. Ah, uh, that's a mistake. I just, I just noticed that. That's interesting. That's not cool. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.